0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good morning everybody and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast brought to you on the Bet Rivers Network. remember, for all your wagering needs, whatever it may be, baseball, football, college, football, you name it. Uh, You have Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey and play Sugar House in Connecticut. For whatever wagering needs you have, just go to the Bet Rivers app. Uh, We have reached the final 10 days of this baseball season, which almost to me seems like it never will end. I I think it's partially been long because uh, the teams have been in first place so long. And you've been thinking about both teams going to the postseason. For so long, both are going to the postseason. The Yankees are going as division champs. The Mets have the game-and-a-half lead, the showdown this weekend in Atlanta. The Mets have the Marlins while the Braves have the Nats. The Mets ha- and Braves will meet, and then the Mets have the Nats while the Braves have the Marlins uh, to finish up the season, 97-57 for the Mets, 95-58 for the uh, Braves, and the big two are scheduled to pitch the Atlanta series uh, right now, and there's no reason to believe they won't. And you would, would think that gives the Mets the yeah, edge, just having that uh, dynamic one-two punch uh, to throw uh, at the Braves. Everything with the Yankees has been overshadowed by Judge. You know, it's funny. All this silliness about, oh, here's what I would do if I got the ball and all this other stuff, which to me, who cares? Um, the big homer is 62, not 61. I mean, 61 is a big homer, but 62 is a bigger homer. That is to break the record. So, I mean, you know, getting stuck on 61, I not break anything. So, to me, there's two to go, and, you know, seven of the last 10 games are on the road. So there's a very good chance it will uh, happen there. You know, I've, I see all this talk about uh, a tiny Winning in the MVP. Listen, I know what he does is unique, but if judges in the MVP in the American League this year, I don't know how anyone could ever give anybody else the award because how could you be more valuable than he's been to the team? Uh, you know, I just, I mean, if you've watched the Yankees this year, And for a long stretch, they were a bad team. And it's been a long time since they were a tremendous team, which they were early in the season for the first 50 games. He has been, I mean, he has carried this team. There's no question about it. I mean, there are other guys who are, you know, Vizzo's had his hits, Torres has had his big hits, but he has carried, carried uh, this baseball team this year. There's no other way uh, in what has been a really You know, all time season, and which could culminate obviously with the Triple Crown. Um, We have uh, 10 games to go, and then we have a very uh, exciting and I think uh, should be very uh, telling postseason for both teams. If you ask me right now which team I think has a better chance to get to the World Series, I will take the Mets because of the pitching. Because of the presence of Scherzer, DeGrom, and Diaz. That's the difference. The Yankee bullpen, there's nobody there you can count on in a big spot. Nobody that you can feel good about in a big spot. I'm sorry. It might happen. Somebody might come through and pitch well. But you know what? There's no reason to think they might duplicate it. And the pressure in October. You know, October has made many, many talented closers look bad. So it can just devour guys who aren't that good. All right, let's get to the emails. You can send your emails to the Mike Francis podcast at gmail.com. Luke starts us off. Is there a sport that you used to enjoy covering and watching that has fallen in your rankings? Good question. Um, By good question, I mean if something makes me think when I read it, uh, then, you know, uh, makes me ponder the answer. And that's usually a good question. Um, I love baseball. Baseball was my first love. It was my best sport in terms of uh, playing by far. Um, I grew up with baseball. In those days, baseball was it. Uh, But I think baseball has hurt itself dramatically in its regular season product, dramatically. And I think they have a lot of work to do. But they can't mess up October baseball because what is sometimes tedious in June and July is utterly dramatic in October. That at bat that goes on forever in a meaningless June game doesn't seem so compelling. It is utterly just gut-wrenching in October. October baseball is just unbelievably good. Just like Stanley Cup hockey is unbelievably good. October baseball is unbelievably good. The regular season lacks, there's no question. And they've devalued the regular season, and their rule situations, and what they've done to the game, and what they've turned these hitters into. Really, the game has lost a lot. Mike in Pico. I know it's football season, but the New York 4 horse racing meet, although not at Belmont, yes, it's not because they're working on Belmont because eventually it's going to be Belmont and Saratoga. There'll be no aqueduct. That will be sold. That land will be sold to the uh, to the uh, airport. And Belmont will be the track here, and downstate and the upstate track, obviously, will be Saratoga. Um, My father watched Ruffian, and he described her as one of the most breathtaking horses he'd ever seen. Did you view any champion horses from that era in person, and did any make an impression? Well, I was at the track when this black colt, who was utterly speedy, broke his maiden. I went back to the track to see him race at a non as a one. He was equally impressive. I thought I had something special for the champagne when he was entered into the champagne in his third race. And I thought I was going to make a killing because I knew this horse couldn't lose. Except one thing. The horse would offer to even money and won the champagne. And as a matter of fact, won the Triple Crown undefeated. His name was Seattle Slough. Uh, he was always a special horse to me because I did see him break his maiden and I did see his first three races live and um, I didn't see a lot of Secretariat's. I did see secretariat and I did see I did actually um, go to the paddock in Kentucky and see secretariat in his paddock when he was still around. So I did do that. He was actually there, but the horse that was more striking than him was an older horse at the time that was one of the most beautiful horses I ever saw. And, you know, they don't ever take two stallions out at the same time because they will fight. Once they breed, they're territorial and they're aggressive. So you're not allowed to ever take two Sires out of their bonds at the same time. Uh, they they st- one's locked up at all times. They never even cross paths because they will they will break away and fight. Uh, the horse I'm talking about is a horse named Nijinsky II. What a breathtakingly beautiful horse he really was, just amazing. Um, secretary was a, was a real secretary was built like a muscular nose guard. He was big and. And a big barrel chest, big red horse. And I was he, he was athletic and huge. You know, he had a huge heart, the whole thing. But he wasn't the sleekest of animals. Jinsky was an incredible looking horse. Um, Naran wants to know uh, regardless of what happens this postseason, would you say that Dusty or Buck or both are Hall of Fame managers? They've both had a lot of success with a lot of teams. And obviously they've had their hearts broken in in the postseason a lot. Maybe this year is going to be special. We'll see. Um, I would think they're both Hall of Fame managers. And Dusty Baker was a hell of a player too. He was a really good player. Um, George emails... Who's the bigger New York contract bust? Kenny Kenny Galladay or Jacoby Ellsbury? Jacoby Ellsbury had the bigger contract, had the bigger expectations, and is without question the bigger bust. Galladay's a bust, no question about it, but Ellsbury's the bigger one. Ellsbury, you know what? He had one year with the Red Sox where he looked like he was going to be all world. David from Saratoga, do you think boxing will ever make a significant comeback? No. Matthew emails, what do you think of Michigan football thus far? Too early to judge. Will Harbaugh ever leave Michigan for the NFL? I'd say 50-50 on that. I would have said yes in the past. Now I'd say 50-50. Um, as far as Michigan this year, they are still a cut below. They're going to beat most of the teams on their schedule. I don't think they'll beat Ohio State. And I think everybody's a cut below Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State. Nobody's in that grouping. It falls from there. But they're good enough to win 10 games. They're not good enough to win in the against those teams in the playoffs. Um, with Aaron Judge being the superstar that he is. I think that Pete Alonso's season has been going under the radar. Do you think he is on track, maybe be the best Mets offensive player in history? I do. I would say right now, if I had a wager, I'd say he will go down as the best Mets offensive player because of the start he's gotten off to in his career. He is a legitimate slugger. He plays every day. He's gotten a ton of big hits this year. He does, he plays the game right. Bats 270. To me, he, you know, that I know that he's called off in the modern Harmon Killebrew. You know, he is the modern day Harmon Killebrew. That's who he is. Now, Killebrew was an incredible power hitter, Even better than Alonzo. But Alonzo is that type of slugger. I mean, and you're right. Right now, starting today, both Judge and Alonzo have 128 RBIs. I mean, Judge blows him away in the other statistics. He's got 60 homers to Alonzo's 39. He's got a 314 average to Alonzo's 270. He's got a 1.1 OPS. Alonzo's got a 870. He has scored 35 more runs. Judge's year is... All world, all time, but you're right. I think uh, it has gotten lost. I think everything in New York baseball has gotten lost in the uh, shadows of Judge this year. But um, I think Alonzo has had a great season. I don't think he will win the NL MVP, but uh, he deserves to be in the top three, probably two. Now that we've done, we're done with the full MLB season. With the NL having the DH, what is your opinion? Listen, it was inevitable. It had to happen. It has happened. That's not baseball's problem. That makes sense that we play under one set of rules. That completely makes sense. It's the only way it could happen. It had to go that way. Um, So I have no problem with that. I do have a problem with the way the game is played, and I do have a problem with some of the other rules without any question. And baseball – needs to work on a lot of things. Phil, I'm a believer that uh, great players, for the most part, are trans and uh, dental. uh, They're transcendent, I think is what he meant, and would be great in any era. Barring injuries and personal problems, how do you see a healthy Pete Maravich? The thing about Pete Maravich, and Pete could play in any era, and he was an incredibly gifted basketball virtuoso, but that's the key. Pete was more show than substance. Pete was meant to be viewed in a singular prism. He was not meant to be viewed inside a team concept, and he struggled with the team concept, and the team struggled with with him. But when you talk about long-range shots, gamesmanship, ball handling, you know, crazy French pastry With the passing, uh, he was a unique, unique scorer and player. Anthony emails, besides Belichick versus Reed, which matchup currently active offensive coach, head coach, versus defensive coach, head coach, do you think you would find fascinating in a big game? I don't think there's any matchup right now that even approaches Reed and Belichick. Reed is an offensive coach in every way who has had a wonderful career, who has won a ton of games, who has really, with Kansas City, established himself as a great all-time coach. That's a matchup that works. Uh, I, I don't think any of the others even are worthy of being discussed, to be honest with you. None of them rank with, with those two. William Males, what current athlete would you tell your kids your young athletes to model themselves after in terms of professionalism, dealing with the media, off the field? I would say Eli Manning would be one. Eli handled criticism extremely well he handled the spotlight extremely well he was better in the big game his game got better the bigger the game was played wonderful guy off the field I think uh, any athlete would go a long way to be to follow in his footprints uh, and just do things and handled things the way he did, both in terms of uh, media, uh, off the field, teammates, leadership, uh, the whole thing. I think uh, he would be a glowing example of a guy who you might not have thought of, uh, but I think fits the bill in a uh, very, very big way. If the Yankees get bounced and Judge walks, do you see they're making changes. It obviously means GM and coach, a GM and, and, and manager. I think if they had had the season they were heading to in June and they had crashed and burned in the postseason, I think heads would have rolled. I think the, way they have played the last 60 games has tempered enthusiasm dramatically. It has really sprinkled a lot of realism into the picture. And I think that's why it's not automatic that if they fall short of the goal, which is obviously to make the World Series. See, I always thought a Yankee se- season was was acceptable or, or, or good if they made the World Series. You don't have to win the World Series. If you win the World Series, great. I mean, because plenty of times the Yankees have lost the World Series. Dating all the way back, there's been plenty of times they've lost the World Series. Anything can happen in a short series. But getting to the series, playing in the World Series, to me, separates the season. And there's been, you know, brutal losses. I You know, I thought I thought – Losing to the Marlins was a terrible loss. Losing to the Pirates in 60 was a dreadful loss. That was the best team that ever lost the World Series against that was the most overwhelming matchup favorite versus underdog that ever won a World Series. There have been some really good teams. You know, Earl Weaver's teams in a three year spent only won one World Series. The A's in a three year span only won one World Series as far as the LaRusse A's. Those teams should have won more. The A's should have have won more. The Orioles should have won more. But they got upset a couple times in some classic World Series. It happens. Brandon uh, emails uh, a different Brandon from the last guy who was Brandon. Uh, who Who is an athlete or coach that you didn't like But your opinion of them completely changed when you interviewed or met them. Hmm. That's a good one. Who I didn't like, meaning I didn't like their style or their or who they were, the type of performer. I'm going to think I didn't, I hadn't met them, and I had an opinion of them as a coach or a performer, and then it changed when I met them. I really liked them. I'm sure I think there's definitely people who have fit that bill. I'm trying to come up with one quickly. I don't have one off the top of my head. I know I know there is one. I know there will be a couple of those. But at the top of my head I don't I, nothing is i'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm going to think about this question and answer it down the road because I think there is an answer there. I just have to figure out who it is. I can give you guys that I liked until I met them. I can give you a bunch of those and then I thought differently once I interviewed them or spent any time with them. I can give you a few of those, but you asked the question from the other uh other way. So, I, you, know, that's, you know, that's it, you know. Brandon Marshall's a good one. Mons, the you name know, for Brandon Marshall. That is a good one. I didn't care for Brandon Marshall, and then, you know what? He was a really good guy. That's a good one. That's a good one, Mons. Very good one. Brandon Marshall fits the bill. I was thinking more of coaches and managers in my head, but Brandon Marshall did not like him as a, as a player, as a performer. And then when I met him, I really liked him. That's a good one. Very good one. Like I said, I could give you a lot the other way, but that wasn't the question, you know. So uh, from that standpoint, uh, but I'll, I'll think there's got to be a few more that fit that bill. That's a, that, that is a good question, though. I, li- I, like the, I like the question very much, okay? I, I do. Uh, Larry says, Mike, I understand that pro sports want to generate as much income as possible. But do you agree with me that it's gone too far when the Yankees are superimposing ads onto the mound during broadcast? Listen, they will sell, you know, first it was the rotating slides behind the plate, you know, as the panels all change. Once everybody went to that center field camera as such a big part of the telecast, and then they flipped the back, you know, they always are forever... You know, changing the slides behind the plate. That's become, you know, part and parcel of every ball game. Now you're right. You're going to get signage on uniforms. That's coming. They have sold everything they can sell, they have billboarded everything they can billboard. Just listen to a broadcast now. Just listen to a uh, radio broadcast of a game and hear how many drop ins the announcers have. I mean, they literally have, you know, all the color person does is do drop-ins around the play-by-play. I would say they probably, before the game start, you know, when we get copy, you get two packets before the the game, like we would before a show. You're going to get what you call your billboards in one stack, and you're going to get your commercials, live reads, in the other stack. The drop-ins or billboards in the ball game, for either the Yankees or the Mets, I guarantee you when the game starts, the number is in the 50s. You know, the 15th pitch, you know, the 15th batter is brought to you by, you know, the third inning is brought to you by, you know, that stolen base is brought to you by, uh, the player just stepped out and scratched himself, that is brought to you by, You know, there's one for everything. Yes, it's raining. Buy Joe's umbrellas. Uh, You can get them at a store near you, and it never ends. And they have made the the innings as long as they can make them. One of the biggest reasons that baseball games are so long is the time between innings has expanded so that they can put more commercials in. They could get back and start playing earlier. They don't because they put the commercial times and the postseason, they add a spot between innings. So they billboard and try to sell every inch of real estate. Now, part of that is because the rights fees are so expensive. You can't blame the media company, be it a radio company or a TV company, because they are paying, now they don't have to pay it, but they are paying outrageous rights fees. This is the only way the team doesn't become end quotes a lost leader. Where you're a lost leader is where you're buying a product at a losing proposition to draw people to your station or network. The NFL for many years has been a law leader to, to promote the rest of your primetime programming. So on Sunday before the fall lineup starts, let's say the fall lineup starts. Usually it starts now last week, September, first week, October, even a little later in October, because you know, in the old days they used to do 40. I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but the old days they used to do like 40 shows Now they do 20 shows of a series, if you're lucky. Some of them do 18. Some of them actually do 20. There might even be one or two that actually do, believe it or not, 22. That's the max. Because they're too expensive to do. You're paying these guys per episode. So if you got blue bloods, You'd like to have 35 episodes, but you're not paying Tom Selleck. You you don't want to pay him for 35 episodes. Because you can't do a show without him. So, again, all the same thing. It always comes down to the same thing. Make a buck. And that was the premise of your email, and it was 100% correct. Make a buck. But is it going to go the other way? It never goes the other way. It's always an expansion of figuring out a way to generate more income because rights fees keep going up and up and up. Now, again, you can get us with your emails at Mike Francis podcast at any time at Mike Francis podcast at gmail.com. Send them along and you never know when we'll read them. Uh, We always are looking for good ones. Now, one thing before we uh, bid you adieu today. I saw today, maybe you saw the announcement, that the Pro Bowl is over. They will have skills competition. I can tell you, I have been calling for them to cease with the Pro Bowl for at least 25 years. And to do anything else, anything else, but try to play that football game because it doesn't work. And they have finally, finally killed the Pro Bowl. But in essence, it died about 20 years ago, maybe longer. They just propped it up and tried to make it work, and it never worked. Now, I know they said there's possibly a skills competition or a flag football game. Give me a break with a flag football game. Please don't bother. Don't insult us. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.